You're listening to Khan Podcasts. You are listening to the English language news of Khan, the Israeli Public Broadcasting Corporation. Good afternoon. It is 2 p.m. in Israel, Wednesday, October 12th. This is Arie O'Sullivan with the top news at this hour. Givati Rakan's combat soldier staff sergeant Ido Baruch, who was killed in a drive-by shooting in Samaria yesterday, is being laid to rest this afternoon at the military cemetery in his hometown of Gedera. We are broken, his mother told Khan. Nothing can comfort us. Security forces arrested 10 suspected terrorists in sweeps across the West Bank overnight, but the perpetrator of yesterday's fatal shooting at IDF troops at the entrance to the settlement of Shaveh Shomron was still at large. The IDF has closed all entrances to Nablus, the West Bank's largest city, in a highly unusual move. This came after a series of shooting attacks in northern Samaria. The Palestinians' Lion's Den group took responsibility for the shooting that killed Staff Sergeant Baruch yesterday. Security sources told Khan that the aim of the closure of Nablus was to confound movement by members of the Arab terror groups. Manhunts also continued for the gunmen who killed Sergeant Noah Lazar on Saturday night's shooting attack at the Shuafat crossing. Despite the closure, the IDF has approved the entry into Nablus of tonight of a group of Jewish worshippers who will pray at Joseph's tomb. The Central Command said it would determine the scope of the visit according to the security considerations. The Security Cabinet is, to convened, is convening today to discuss the pending maritime border deal with Lebanon. The ministers are to be briefed by the head of the Mossad, David Barnea, and the Shin Bet, Ronen Bar, and IDF Chief of General Staff, Lieutenant General Aviv Kochavi. The High Court of Justice this morning rejected a petition for an injunction against the maritime agreement that was presented by the Kohelet Forum and the Levy organizations. The court accepted the state argument that it was premature to discuss the matter since the cabinet has not yet made a decision on it. Meanwhile, a senior U.S. official told Khan that both sides know that the agreement deflects conflicts in Beirut. Hezbollah leader Sheikh Hassan Nasrallah in a speech last night took a wait-and-see approach to the pending deal as government leaders relayed optimism on the deal. A report from Reuters in Beirut quoted from the draft of the agreement that the deal is intended to be a lasting resolution to the long-time dispute between Israel and Lebanon. U.S. President Joe Biden telephoned the president of Lebanon and the prime minister of Israel, praising them both on the historic breakthrough. The agreement will provide for the development of energy fields for the benefit of both countries, setting the stage for a more stable and prosperous region, Biden said. He added, it is now critical that all parties uphold their commitments and work toward the implementation. In politics, with three weeks left before the national elections, the latest Khan poll has found that the public is divided over the maritime agreement with Lebanon. 35% of those surveyed believe claims by the head of the opposition, Benjamin Netanyahu, that Israel surrendered to Lebanon. This is just 1% more than those who support Prime Minister Yair Lapid. 31% of those polled did not back either. Survey found that if elections were held today, a bloc headed by Netanyahu's support supporters would have 60 seats in the 120-member Knesset, and that the bloc made up of the present coalition would get just 56 seats. The Arab nationalist Balad Party and the Jewish Home Party, headed by Ayelet Sheked, did not pass the electoral threshold at this time. The annual priestly blessings of Cohen's took place at the Western Wall this morning. Some 50,000 worshippers attended the ceremony which was held in the presence of Israel's chief rabbis, this according to the Western Wall Heritage Site. 
Bloomberg is reporting that Intel, the global computer chip giant, which employs over 100,000 people around the world, is expected to lay off thousands of workers in the coming months. Intel is the largest employer in the Israeli high-tech industry, and it is not clear yet how the layoffs will affect those workers. Globes reports today that the Intel AI chip unit, Habana Labs, based in Caesarea, will be laying off dozens of employees. The layoffs are part of the growing fierce competition among computer chips and processor manufacturers. On the roads, two pedestrians were killed in traffic accidents today. In Rehovot, a man in his 60s was hit and killed by a garbage truck. The driver of the truck was detained for questioning. In Petah Tikva, a bus hit an 84-year-old man who was evacuated to Belinson Hospital, but he died of his injuries. In sports, Israel's Maccabi Haifa soccer team stunned Italy's Juventus 2-0 last night in the Championship League. It was the first victory by an Israeli team in over 20 years. Haifa is now ranked in fourth and last place in its group with three points. In two weeks, it faces Paris Saint-Germain. The loss puts Juventus on the verge of elimination from the Champions League. Following the loss, Juventus's coach put his squad into a closed training camp retreat. Taking a quick look at the weather, and it will be mainly rainy this weekend. That's the news from Kanreka, the Israeli Public Broadcasting Corporation. Join us at 8 p.m. Israel time for a one-hour news program.